Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis and strategy. I am your host, Toby. Uh, today, we are going to rock out with the third base preview. I am trying to get these previews out fast and furious. Uh, yesterday, we did short, I, I did shortstop. Uh, earlier in the week, I did second base. Uh, and then uh, there's a two-part first base one and then a catcher preview as well. I'm going to hopefully do uh, outfielder on outfield on Tuesday uh, with uh, Bubba from Bench with Bubba. So look for that. And then maybe starting pitchers, um, you know, uh, or relief pitchers. Well, I'll be doing relief pitchers with Brian Slack on Friday, I believe. Uh, and then, you know, maybe starting pitchers that weekend. I may try to slip in the starting pitchers before then, even though it's going to be a long episode with the number of starting pitchers um, that are there and the many, many thoughts that I that I have about them because I think starting pitching is super interesting this year, uh, especially, I mean, gosh, there's so many different metrics and ways to analyze and so much data to look at with pitchers. And I think, feel like so much unknown, um, you know, that it, it just makes for super interesting stuff. So I might have to break that up into a couple. I'm also going to work on getting out some rankings. So essentially what I'm going to do is I'll take a look at the valuations from an SGP perspective, and, and then I will kind of, um, in very analytical fashion, uh, kind of work through uh, the projections, but then use kind of my own kind of perspective or lens or gut or uh, emotional attachment to players to move, to move them, you know, up or down and kind of finagle them around a little bit. Um, you know, I, I will have justification for doing that, but, you know, there will definitely be some just kind of like um, sensing like, okay, if I was... Uh, in a draft and these guys and I was looking for a third baseman and these guys were you know some of the the two guys that were on the table who would I really find myself drafting you know and even if that even if that's not necessarily supported by the projections you know I think that there may be you know, there's a there's an underlying reason whether it's trust or whatever it is that um, you know that I may not be comfortable getting a guy maybe it's a team construction consideration that's not showing up you know, in the valuations or, or something like that. But that's probably the tack that I'll take and I'll just put together, you know, kind of a, just a list of what the rankings are and then maybe take some questions for, about specific players. Maybe I'll turn that into a podcast, like questions or requests for more analysis about why I chose a certain player in the rankings uh, over another guy. But I'll try to get those out over the next week and then I'm going to be doing a... Um, uh, recording a podcast uh, next weekend where I'll be kind of sharing those um, uh, those rankings and looking at some rankings that uh, Greg Smith has done, um, uh, who's a fellow Barf League member. Uh, so that'll be a, a ton of fun. I think he's got a podcast. I believe it's called uh, Two Quarterbacks. Um, so look for me. I'll be on that um, uh, next weekend, and we'll just be looking at how our uh, rankings compare and where we differ and, and why that might be. So that should be a lot of fun. I'm really excited to do that. So it's going to be a really busy week of podcasts both here uh, Batflip Crazy podcast and uh, appearing on other podcasts because I'm going to be on Bench with Bubba with Bubba on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that um, as well. Uh, yeah, so really exciting week. We're getting really close to the start of baseball. A lot of drafts are happening. I've got TGFBI right now towards the back end of that. Um, so that's going well. I kind of like the 300 plus ADP. There's just, you know, there's a lot of really interesting guys, especially pitchers um, to look at. And so 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see who I end up with with TGFBI because there's literally like 15 pitchers that not aren't necessarily interchangeable but are close enough that, that I have interest in. So um, that should be fun. You'll learn more about them at the starting pitcher preview. Um, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. I also have an Instagram, Facebook, a YouTube and a website, batflipcrazy.com, but I have not just have not had time to update those recently. So definitely check me out on Twitter. That's where you're going to find the most updated information. That's also where you're going to find, uh, be most likely to engage with me, and I would love it if you did so. So please do give me a follow at batflipcrazy. If you like what you're hearing from the podcast, from the previews, if they're bringing you value, uh, I would just yeah, would ask that you take a little bit of time Head on over to iTunes, leave a five-star rating and a review. Um, it helps the podcast get in front of more people. Um, it also um, is awesome uh, to hear uh, either, you know, hopefully, positive feedback uh, about uh, the podcast um, and the value that it's bringing to you. So, yeah, really appreciate that. If you prefer to just, you know, DM me or reply to the um, podcast as I send them out just to let me know you appreciate them or if you have thoughts or disagreements or whatever it is um, I just love to to hear from people on that so definitely go to iTunes five-star rating and review Uh, would greatly appreciate that Um, yeah Uh, thank you uh, so much for listening Uh, really excited about uh, these previews and kind of the way that uh, they're they're shaping up And I'm also trying to make them a little bit quicker just because I know that there's a ton of really great podcast content out there uh, in baseball right now. I mean, like everybody's producing, you know, two, sometimes even three podcasts a week. And so listening to all of it is tough, especially if it's, you know, really long podcasts. So this one's going to be about an hour. I've been trying to limit the previews, um, at least the most recent ones, um, to to be a little bit shorter. So, yes. All right. Third base preview, interesting position. Let's get this party started. All right, let's get started with the third base uh, position preview this year. Uh, What I'm going to do is what I've been doing with past previews. So far, I've done catcher, first base, second base, and shortstop. Third base today, I will get to outfield. Uh, starting pitcher and relief pitcher in the next week or so. What I'm going to do is provide an aggregate projection of three publicly available projection systems on fan graphs. That's Steamer, uh, ATC by Ariel Cohen, and The Bat by Derek Cardi. So I've aggregated those projections to create uh, a meta projection and then uh, put that into standard gains points uh, tool that's been developed by uh, Tanner Bell at Smart Fantasy bb on twitter he's a great follow and provides some really awesome tools so i've aggregated those put those into the sgp uh, formula and that has generated a valuation and then i compare that valuation to uh, the essentially the cost of uh, the draft pick so you know each um Each ADP is connected to a particular auction or valuation, and so I'm comparing those to see value. So not, I'll go through the list by ADP, uh, but that isn't necessarily a ranking. This isn't a ranking that I'm providing. I will, I will do some rankings um, in the next week or two as well. But this is really just looking at where there's value in the draft uh, and whether I agree or disagree with the projection. 
uh, that's been put into place and then you know why exactly that is and whether I'm in or out on the player based on the valuation, based on what they're contributing and what I'm looking to do uh, strategically with my team construction. Now these valuations are based on 15 team uh, leagues, uh, mixed leagues. And so just consider that uh, as you uh, as you hear the valuations, as you hear the projections and, and my overall kind of thoughts on team construction. And in addition, a lot of the leagues that I'm going to be playing this year are going to be NFBC leagues or TGFBI with a overall prize. And so I'm also factoring that into the, to the discussion and my thought process. So just be aware of that in, you know, standalone leagues, there's certainly a very different and a different strategy that you can employ, um, you know, when it comes to punting categories or, you know, being mediocre in certain categories, but I'm always trying, I'm never punting categories, even in single team leagues. I'm, I'm really trying to build a balanced team because that's what I find to be uh, most fun. So let's dig in uh, to the projections. First up, we have Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Indians, uh, ADP of four. Uh, 663 plate appearances, 100 runs, 31 home runs, 99 RBI, 25 stolen bases with a 288 padding average. That's good for a $33 valuation. The ADP where he's going right now is a $35 ADP. So that is a loss of about $3 worth of value. As I've mentioned at the beginning of other podcasts, it's really important to note that at the top of drafts, it's really hard with a 50% medium projection uh, for folks to eclipse their average draft position. So if you're losing a few dollars here and there at the top uh, with your number one drafted player, don't be too concerned as I go through these previews. You know, really what you're looking for, you know, is to select the best player uh, at the top of the uh, at the top of the draft, especially, you know, one that hopefully will set you up well as you as you construct your team moving forward. So just something to consider when I talk about the the value that's being produced or the lack of value with these top end guys. Uh, Jose Ramirez, uh, you know, obviously love him a lot. If I was picking number three right now in drafts, I'm not sure if I would go with Jose Ramirez. I probably would. Um, I think Trey Turner is also up there for me just because of the stolen bases that he provides in the overall balanced profile. Uh, but Ramirez, I don't think you can go wrong. I know he's been dropping on some folks' board. He struggled in the second half. You know, a lot of that was, you know, Babbitt related. There's also um, Clay Link shared uh, some information about, uh, you know, his struggles hitting breaking balls uh, in the second half. You know, he did see an increase in uh, non-fastballs in the second half. Um, he does crush change-ups, so that's just something to note. And one thing that's, you know, there some some things about that you know number one is overall the league struggles against breaking balls uh and you know that's why we see them being thrown more and more uh ramirez is actually you know better than league average uh, against those pitches um you know so while he has struggled he hasn't struggled you know as bad as the league has and you know a lot of that seemed to be babip related uh, as well last year where, you know, throughout his career, he hasn't had such a bad BABIP against those same pitches. And that happened last year. So whether that is something, you know, whether it's just a small sample size or whether that's actually a thing, you know, it'd be interesting to see how this year plays out. I'm not totally discounting uh, all of it. You know, I'm factoring that into the considerations, but, you know, Ramirez is a true five category contributor and I don't think you can go wrong uh, drafting him. 
Uh, Nolan Arenado is the next third baseman, ADP of 10, 662 plate appearances, 98 runs, 38 home runs, uh, 111 uh, RBI. He's got three stolen bases and then a 290 batting average. So a really strong four category contributor. You know, it's always challenging. Um, you know, uh, I always find it challenging to start off with a guy who, you know, doesn't uh, steal bases just because stolen bases and batting average are the two scarcest categories this year. But then again, you know, if you are getting Arno Nato at 10, you know, you could potentially come back in the second and pick up somebody like a Trevor Story, you know, his teammate, you know, a Freddie Freeman, um, or not Freddie Freeman, uh, you know, like a more, a guy that's going to steal a, a few more bases, you know, a 20 stolen base type guy, uh, you know, or hope that maybe a Whit Merrifield or, you know, an Adalberto Mondesi falls to you in the third round. You know, so that's always a, something that you can do when you get a profile like Arenado. So, you know, he's a guy that I'm generally probably not going to own uh, this year. Uh, and that's just because, you know, the way that I like to construct my team, I'm probably not going to end up with a lot of J.D. Martinez uh, either, unless he falls later in drafts. I do like him more than Arenado, but, you know, uh, it's just not how I like to start off my drafts. I like to start, uh, to address stolen bases um, and, and batting average early on, so... You know that's just that's just kind of my thing in an overall comp in in a standalone league that becomes less important. So just factor that in. You're not gonna gonna go wrong drafting Nolan Arenado. I don't think there's there's too much to worry about. You know there was some re- regression in the skills uh, or some decline in the skills last year, like contact skills, things like that. But you know I think that was more a product of him struggling through injuries more so than he has in previous years last year. So just something to consider. Alex Bregman is next. ADP of 14. He has. Has dual eligibility with shortstop. Just covered him uh, yesterday when I did the shortstop preview. Uh, projection: 662 plate appearances, 99 runs, 28 home runs, 94 RBI, 11 stolen bases with a 283 batting average. That's good for $25 valuation at a $28 slot. So losing you $3 right there. You know, I, I mentioned in the shortstop preview, I'm off of Bregman at this price just because I don't think the ceiling is necessarily as high um, as it is for some of the guys that are going around this spot and the stolen bases aren't as high. And so, you know, for that reason, I would prefer a guy like Trevor Story over Bregman this year. I do think that the plate skills are so nice that it, it is a pretty low floor for Bregman, but I just don't see see the heat, the ceiling being that high. That said, I did draft him this year when he fell down to an ADP of 21. I like him much more if he falls a little bit in your draft. So just something uh, to consider there. Javi Baez, I have covered in the second base and shortstop preview. You know, I'm fading him. Uh, 639 plate appearances, 86 runs, 31 home runs, 96 RBI, 17 stolen bases with a 271 batting average is the aggregate projection. Uh, he's losing you $2 at a $25 valuation, $28 ADP. You know, the plate skills just aren't good enough. It gives me a little bit too much concern to be drafting him, you know, back into the first top of the second round. You know, I'd much rather go with a more stable profile. Uh, at this position and there isn't much that separates folks and what separates Baez for me is that he just doesn't have a good plate approach when it comes to swinging at pitches outside the zone and his contact isn't terrific. Uh, Next up we have Chris Bryant. He's going at an ADP of uh, 37. The aggregate projection is 649 plate appearances, 95 runs, 29 home runs, 88 RBI, 6 stolen bases, 276 batting average. Uh, That is good uh, for a 
$21 valuation going at a 23 ADP. There's a pretty you know decent sized drop here from Baez to Bryant. Uh, Brian is somebody that I'm not going to own this year. Um, I was off of him last year. I think you know there's a couple reasons for this. Number one, you know his ground ball rate shot up uh, in 2017. He went for a higher contact, higher ground ball uh, approach, and so that concerned me heading into 2018. So I faded him. The Statcast data on him also isn't that good. Um, he doesn't really stand out. You know whether it comes to power metrics or hard hit percentage. You know he's just kind of blah. He's, he's kind of mediocre. And so for that reason as well, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not as interested in Bryant. He's not a guy who's going to hit for a particularly high batting average. The stolen bases have kind of dried up as well. And so you're really looking at him as a guy, you know, who's, you know, I guess the three category contributor, but even the power hasn't necessarily been, you know, where a lot of guys are. So you look at a guy like him and then you look at a guy like Anthony Rendon. I'm going to be drafting Rendon over him 100% of the time uh, because, you know, the Rendon profile is more is more balanced. You know, the stolen bases is in a separator for Bryant. Uh, him and Rendon are going to, about, going to be about equal. I think Rendon's going to have a better batting average. I may give Brian a slight edge in home runs, but very barely, and I like actually counting stats for Rendon, and Rendon's going a little bit later. So uh, Brian is a guy that I'm fading um, you know, this year as I did last year, and hopefully that doesn't come back to bite me. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is up next, ADP of 43. Uh, the aggregate projection is 563 plate appearances, 75 runs, 21 home runs, 79 RBI, 5 stolen bases, with a 301 batting average, that's good for a $16 valuation at a $21 ADP. So you're losing about $5. You know, this is largely a reflection of the fact that, you know, the projection systems don't have him getting close to 600 plate appearances at 563. If you were closer to those 600 plate appearances, he he would be um, at about value. And so it's really a question of when he comes up. I don't think many people doubt that he's going to hit. He's not going to steal bases, but that batting average should be really, really nice. He should get on base a lot. You know, the Blue Jays lineup isn't terrific, but, you know, I think he he should step right in and be one of the better hitters in the league. And so, you know, it just depends on your appetite for risk here. Uh, obviously, we don't know what he's going to do in, in the majors, but, you know, uh, for all intents and purposes, I think he's going to be a really, really good player. Uh, but, you know, when will he come up um, is the major question, and, you know, He's likely to stick once he does that. So that is the the major question kind of uh, that just hangs over Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s value. We've seen what other rookies coming in, Juan Soto, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., what those guys have been able to do. And uh, Vlad is of that pedigree. So don't don't expect him to, to struggle much uh, when he comes up. Next up is a guy that I like, Anthony Rendon, ADP of 45. Uh, 630 plate appearances, 87 runs, 25 home runs, 90 RBI, five stolen bases with a 290 batting average. That's good for $20 uh, valuation at a $21 ADP. I do like him to surpass uh, this, um, uh, surpass that projection. I think from a batting average perspective, he should be in pretty good shape um, to be close to 300. I think he's gonna get. He's probably gonna bat cleanup. Would be my guess. Um, you know, he's either going to bat cleanup or uh, bat third. Uh, I believe, uh, you know, Adam Eaton is scheduled to lead off, uh, followed by um, Trey Turner. I think maybe Juan Soto gives them the right, the left, right, left, right. 
uh, and then Rendon batting cleanup. He should get plenty of RBI uh, with you know those guys in front of him, all decently high OBP slash speed guys. Um, so I think that'll be fine. I think he'll be fine without Harper, and then I think the runs will be there. And the home runs. He's been hitting for a lot of power, nice fly ball rate, uh, very low ground ball rate, uh, very good you know, plate discipline, very good contact skills. Everything's there. It's a very complete profile. So I like Rendon uh, a lot this year. Uh, Eugenio Suarez is up next on third base. Uh, ADP of 57, 642 plate appearances, 85 runs, 31 home runs, 96 RBI, four stolen bases, 263 uh, batting average. That's good for $19 valuation, $19 ADP. You know, I, I think this is a pretty fair price for Suarez. Uh, some really nice underlying skills when it comes to plate discipline and the contact is uh, at least, uh, you know, league average. Uh, I do think, you know, the batting average may be a little low on here uh, for him at 263. So he could outproduce that and thereby, you know, outproducing um, his ADP. So not a big, pat, not a bad pick at all. It's going to be a really nice lineup there with the Reds. He's going to get a lot of RBIs if he can stay uh, healthy, so uh, like Eugenio Suarez, where he's going right there. Matt Carpenter at ADP 77. I covered him in the first base preview as well. Uh, projection of 638 plate appearances, 93 runs, 27 home runs, 77 RBI, four stolen bases with a 254 uh, batting average. That's good for a $16 valuation going at an ADP of $16. I'm off of Carpenter this year. I just think you're paying for a career year that he had last year, and it's not that I don't think he can replicate it. I just think that he's older, you know, he's in his, I think he's like year 32 or year 33. He's struggled in the past with injuries. And then in the two scarcest categories, uh, stolen bases and batting average, those are his two weakest points. And so for me, those are the ones that I'm really going to be targeting in my top, you know, in in my top seven or so draft picks, because I, you know, that's where you're going to find guys who give you stolen base and batting average and don't hurt you other places. So I'm fading Carpenter, you know, in a standalone league, it's slightly different in an OBP league. Uh, he obviously has a great OBP, so he's a four category contributor there and I like him a lot more. Uh, but, you know, in an average league, I don't like him as much. Miguel Andahar is next, um, 80, uh, ADP of 84, 592 plate appearances, 76 runs, 24 home runs, 84 RBI. Four stolen bases with a 283 batting average. That's good for a $16 valuation at a $16 ADP. Uh, so zero dollars worth of you know value. He's pretty much neutral. Uh, but you know Andujar has some really really nice skills. You know he doesn't have very good plate discipline, but he makes a ton of contact. Uh, despite that, you know hits the ball hard. Is playing in Yankee Stadium. Uh, put together a really nice second half last year. Uh, I do think that he's going to get plate appearances. He's going to play third base. Um, yes, he is bad defensively, uh, but you know I think the bat more than makes up for it. Um, and you know they could always throw him over at first base, but I think they'll give him a chance. He's working hard at it. He's a young player. He's part of their future. He's part of their core, and so I think they're going to give him a shot there because you know I don't. I think the Yankees are going to make the playoffs. It's just a matter of whether they win that division or end up as the wild card again. Uh, so Andujar is a guy I don't mind, uh, especially if he falls a little bit, you know, and brings you some value if he goes closer to the 100 uh, point. I have seen him, you know, fade in some of the drafts that I've been having recently, but the batting average is really nice. And he's a guy who could take a huge leap forward. You know, his his hit, his hit tool is just really, really good. And so, you know, he could take uh, take a big step forward now that he's got, 
you know, uh, almost a full season under his belt. Next up is Josh Donaldson, uh, third baseman with the Atlanta Braves, ADP of 104, 553 plate appearances, 79 runs, 27 home runs, 78 RBI, four stolen bases with a 262 batting average. That's a $14 valuation at a $14 ADP. As you're seeing, you know, a lot of you know, neutral values. The only one that's really losing you so far is Vlad Guerrero Jr. You know, and that's only because a question mark of, of over the plate appearances is not a question of the skills. For Donaldson, it's also a, it's just a health issue. You know, if he's healthy, you know, he's going to continue to crush the ball. Um, he has continued to crush the ball even towards the end of last year. You know, when he wasn't healthy, the contact skills may be decreasing a little bit. You see that with the batting average. Uh, but, you know, the play discipline is still there. He's going to get on base a ton. He's at the top of a really good batting lineup, you know, where you're you're likely going to have, you know, uh, Acuna in front of him, uh, Donaldson second, Freddie Freeman third. That's a really nice uh, start there. And so uh, Donald, Donaldson, you know, again, high risk, uh, high reward uh, type of guy here. Much, much rather take a chance on a guy like this going at pick 105 than maybe earlier in the draft. Uh, so that's definitely something... Uh, to consider there. Travis Shaw next, covered him in the second base. Preview, ADP of 106, 612 plate appearances, 78 runs, 30 home runs, 89 RBI, five stolen bases with a 253 batting average. Um, Shaw, uh, that's good for a $16 valuation, $14 pick, $2 worth of value coming for him. I like him a lot. He made a lot of progress last year with his plate discipline. The contact skills were still nice. The fly ball rate was nice. The hard hit rate took a jump. You know, everything is there, I think, for him to put together a monster year, mash, mash righties. Some questions about whether he's going to be platooned, um, but, you know, after, after getting uh, Mike Moustakas as, you know, the second base slash third base uh, partner with him, you know, I don't necessarily see that happening as often. Um, so, you know, I think Shaw is going to be really, really good, um, and I think he's going to bring you value here in the position flexibility, especially at second base where, you know, I don't like the position as much. I think that's he's a really nice pick uh, right here where he's going, and I have him a couple places already. Another guy that I like a lot too is Will Myers going one uh, pick later at 107 um, from Shaw. 581 plate appearances, 74 runs, 24 home runs, 72 RBI, 18 stolen bases with a 249 batting average. Uh, Myers, um, you know, the, the question is health. Uh, he steals bases when he plays. He hits home runs when he plays. He's going to get counting stats uh, when he plays. The batting average is, you know, a little bit worse than league average, but it's okay. He actually saw an increase in his contact rate towards the end of last year, which, you know, maybe that's some good, uh, maybe that gives a little bit of hope. Uh, for that batting average to be better, but you know, a pretty balanced profile. He's one of the last guys that you can really get that's got a power speed combo and that's going to contribute, you know, more than than maybe that. You know, there's guys later on who are power and speed, but you know, they're not going to provide the counting stats most likely um, and may even hurt you a little bit more in batting average. So I like Myers a lot. I've got him on a couple teams at least uh, so far uh, this year. Matt Chapman is next at pick 111, uh, 636 plate appearances, 86 runs, 28 home runs, 84 RBI, three stolen bases with a 249 uh, batting average. So the projection system is not necessarily buying uh, the improved batting average. That's good for a $14 valuation, $14 ADP. 
Um, you know, I don't mind uh, Chapman so much. You know, I think the thing that hurts Chapman for me and why I probably won't have him in many leagues this year is just the guys that are going around him. I like Shaw more than him. I like Myers more than him. And then I like the guy going after him more. Um, you know, I just think that, you know, the stolen bases aren't necessarily uh, going to be there. He could take a step forward with the power, um, you know, but will that, will he be able to do that while maintaining uh, the the bump that he got in batting average last year? I'm just not sure. And so that's enough of a question mark for me to probably fade him, you know, at this point in an OBP league, you know, he's solid too. Um, but, you know, there's just, I guess the ceiling just isn't, isn't as high um, and I worry about a little bit about regression in the uh, batting average category. Although you know there was nothing to to signify that it was uh, that it wasn't legitimate. So um, you know, so that's that's something. Uh, Justin Turner, you know, a guy that I really like where he's going. Uh, Six hundred two plate appearances, eighty one runs, twenty two home runs, eighty one RBI, four stolen bases, two ninety three batting average. You know, uh, he his valuation is at sixteen dollars. Uh, ADP of $14. So he's generating $2 worth of value. He's a guy that I love to pair like with uh, Joey Gallo, who's going around the same place. You know, if you can get Gallo and plug him in at, you know, outfield um, and uh, Turner at third base, you know, they, they, they compensate for each other pretty nicely, um, especially if you have some batting average early. But Turner is a guy that I, um, you know, that I really like. Uh, this year. Health is the only issue. He's always struggled to stay healthy for the full year, but you know what you're getting from him, and that's going to be a a 300 batting average. Nice counting stats while he's playing, you know, 20 plus home runs. Um, You know, I just, I really like that, especially since, you know, yeah, if he misses some time, you plug in somebody else and you're getting the replacement level stats for him too. Uh, Next up is Turner's uh, Dodger teammate, Max Muncie, at an ADP of 127. Uh, 556 plate appearances, 75 runs, 27 home runs, 77 RBI, three stolen bases, 242 batting average. Uh, a lot more value in an OVP league. That's good for a $20, uh, $10 valuation at a $12 ADP, so he's losing you $2. Biggest thing with Muncie, you know, I love him from last year because I owned him in a ton of places and he helped me out a bunch. Uh, but you know, the batting average is not very good. The contact skills really uh, eroded as the year progressed last year and were, were very low. Uh, in the second half. So that raises concerns about that batting average uh, for me. He's also not stealing any bases. Uh, the power is obviously great, but he's also got, you know, he doesn't really have platoon splits, but you know the Dodgers, the Dodgers Dodger, right? You know, they were uh, platooning, you know, Yasiel Puig against lefties last year. And so uh, I really think, um, you know, Muncie's a guy that I'm going to fade because I think the, the plate appearances is probably about right. Um, and so it's just not enough power. It's not enough counting stats to compensate for, um, you know, the batting average and the stolen bases where he's going. Another guy I don't like who I've covered already in the first base, second base, or actually first base, shortstop, third base, and outfield, he'll be covered as well as Jerks and Profar. Uh, 133 ADP, 550 plate appearances, 68 runs, 16 home runs, 62 RBI, 8 stolen bases, uh, with a 258 uh, batting average, um, you know, uh, that's good for $7 worth of valuation at a $12 pick. So losing you $5, I just really don't like what I see from Profar that much. You know, I don't think the batting average is going to get that much of a bump. If it does, you know, maybe around 270 or so, 
the speed is not great from a sprint speed perspective, and he stole 100% of the bases last year. You know, and while that's very good, you know, he's probably a pretty good base runner. You know, whether that's sustainable or not, I don't know. He's also with the A's, and he's batting in front of a bunch of their big boppers, probably. So that could be good for his run potential, but they only stole 35 bases, I think, last year as a team. And so I just don't see him getting the stolen bases. Uh, you know, the runs, I think, is the one area where he should be pretty good uh, batting in that lineup. Um, you know, but the home runs, I think he he overdid it. He I think he, um, you know, I don't see him replicating what he did last year with the 20 home runs, I believe, that he hit. Um, you know, the expected home runs was more around 15. He's going to Oakland where it's harder to hit home runs. And then I don't think the RBIs are going to be there if he's batting at the top of the Oakland lineup. And so I'm just not not a fan of Profar. The multi-position flexibility is great in like a 50-team draft and hold. So maybe target him in there if he falls a little bit. But otherwise, I'm probably steering clear of Profar. Rafael Devers is a guy who's getting a lot of um, hype as kind of a post-hype sleeper. Um, you know, ADP of 144, it's moved up seven spots um, in the last little bit. You know, this is his ADP over the last two weeks. Um, you know, 553 plate appearances, 72 runs, 23 home runs, 78 RBI, six stolen bases, uh, 200, uh, 267, a 267 batting average for Devers. That's good for a $12 valuation and an $11 pick. That's good for $1 worth of value. So if he does get to 600 plate appearances, that'll return even more value. Um, you know, I think the challenge for me with Devers is that he saw an increase in contact last year towards the end of the year, but that came along with an increase in ground ball rate and also a decrease in hard hit rate. You know, so he, I just don't see enough consistency yet in the profile to see that big jump coming, but development isn't linear, so it could certainly be happening there. And a lot of, you know, astute people are, you know, uh, are, are after him. And so, you know, uh, he's already getting $1 value. Maybe it'll be more. Maybe he'll get more plate appearances this year. He'll avoid the DL and, um, you know, help you out, help you and your fantasy team out. So he's not a bad pick here going around pick uh, 145, 150, where there isn't a ton of bats that I love going here. One guy we're going right behind him who it does look like a decent value, um, ADP of 150, uh, 609 plate appearances, 73 runs, 30 home runs, 88 RBI, three stolen bases, and 257 for Mike Moustakis. He ends up at a really good situation, You know, probably one of the best, if not the best, left-handed hitting park in baseball uh, in Milwaukee, uh, being there for a full season. Uh, and unlike other free agents, he's already played there. You know, so it's not like he's adjusting to an entirely new uh, environment. Good for a $14 valuation, $11 pick right here. So that's uh, rounds up to a $4 value, which is one of the best values for third baseman uh, uh, based on projections so far. So uh, Moustakis is a guy, I don't love the profile just because it's home run and RBI heavy. Uh, but going at this point in the draft, you know, it's, it's enough home runs and enough RBIs to be uh, really nice. And the run shouldn't be bad uh, batting in that lineup, uh, but the home, but the batting average and the stolen bases aren't aren't great. But as you can see, he is a value going where he's going. So hopefully he doesn't uh, continue to push up draft boards uh, now that he's signed. But I think that that's 
probably inevitable. Eduardo Escobar is next. I covered him uh, in the short stop preview. Uh, ADP of 185, 607 plate appearances, 71 runs, 20 home runs, 74 RBI, four stolen bases, a 257 batting average. $9 valuation going at a $9 ADP. So, you know, he's right there. The dual position eligibility with shortstop is nice. So in like a 50-team draft and hold, I might go after him. Uh, but, you know, I'm just, uh, there's nothing like too standout-ish uh, for Escobar for me. And so, you know, for that reason, I'm probably not going to be going after him. Hopefully I'll have already addressed third base earlier in the draft. Um, you know, and, and from a corner infielder perspective, I think there's a lot more values going later on. Um, that can provide something similar since batting average and stolen bases and something that he contributes to greatly. So probably not going to have Escobar. Yuli Gurriel is the guy that I covered in the first base preview as well. ADP of 192, 550 plate appearances, 65 runs, uh, 14 home runs, 71 RBI, four stolen bases with a 284 batting average. Uh, that's good for a $9 valuation at an $8 ADP, so $1 worth of value. And if the plate appearances are higher, you know, I think he should play pretty much every day. He should bat, you know, towards the middle back of that lineup and RBI where RBI should be plentiful. And he's kind of a, one of the late, uh, late R, uh, batting average uh, guys, you know, one of the few guys who is going to get you 600 plate appearances probably, and will get you a close to, you know, 290, 300 batting average, um, you know, going late in drafts. And so there's value there. So if you are, if you are in need of batting average and you're in need of a third baseman or a corner infield, uh, you could do a lot worse, I think, than, than Yuli Gurriel. Miguel Sano is next at ADP of 194, you know, 546 plate appearances, 72 runs, 28 home runs, 78 RBI, one stolen basis, um, 236 batting average, uh, $9 worth of valuation uh, at an $8 ADP, uh, $0. You know, I'm just not on Sano. I've been off of him for a couple years now uh, as well. And I just, you know, there's there's nothing that, you know, is that great. Like, yes, he could hit a ton of home runs. Yes, he could also kill your batting average, not get you any stolen bases. And, you know, not really play, get sent back to the minors or get injured like he has in so many years. And so I'm probably going to pass on him and make him show me that he can stay healthy and produce for a season before uh, I go after him. And if, you know, if I miss out, you know, I'm not too uh, worried at all. Uh, Joey Wendell is up next. ADP of 216 covered him in the uh, second base preview as well. You know, he's a guy that the projection systems really don't like. 484 plate appearances, 52 runs, 8 home runs, 50 RBI, 11 stolen bases with a 263 batting average. He had a really high batting average last year, but his expected average was much lower. I think that was in the 260 range. Um, and so I don't necessarily anticipate that he's going to replicate that. Not that he's a bad player, but it just may be that he got a career year in his, you know, age 29 or age 28 rookie season. Uh, not a lot of power. If the batting average isn't there, the stolen bases is really the only thing that's of interest, as well as the multi or dual position eligibility. And I'd rather wait and pick up the next guy, Astrubal Cabrera, who has multi position eligibility instead of dual position eligibility. ADP of 237. Already covered him on the second base preview and the shortstop preview, uh, but 
528 played appearances, 65 runs, 19 home runs, 67 RBI, two stolen bases with a 271 batting average with that multi-position eligibility. That's $7 valuation going at a $6 cost. So he's getting you $1 worth of value. And that's at 528 played appearances. Um, he is scheduled to be the starting third baseman for the Rangers. It's a great ballpark. He should get at bats. Um, and so for that reason, I like Cabrera a lot more than both Wendell and Sano um, going you know, where they're going. And in 50-team draft and 50-player uh, draft and holds, he's definitely a guy that you want to be targeting. Uh, next up is Kyle Seeger uh, for the Mariners, a guy who is you know has has seen those uh, the production uh, really decrease over the last couple years. Uh, Seeger 248 ADP, 615 plate appearances, 69 runs, 24 home runs, 80 RBI, three stolen bases with a 242 batting average. Uh, that is good for a $9 worth of uh, value at a $6 ADP. So he's returning $3. Um, you know, so he's fallen far enough where, you know, there is some value that's coming back to you here. He is going to play. The 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 Mariners have no, no real alternative um, to him, and he's good enough where he's going to play. You know, the issue with him really the last couple years is he's gone with a really high fly ball approach. But he hasn't done it super well. You know, there's guys who struggle with the launch angle getting a little bit too high, too many pop-ups, which drags down the batting average. Um, and so, you know, he's one of those guys, and he really just hasn't been able to hit that sweet spot of launch angle. So, you know, the chances that he does it, I don't think are very good. But, you know, he's getting you enough value here where at pick 248, you could do a lot worse than going after a guy who's going to, you know, play every single day and accumulate stats and hit a decent number of home runs and hopefully not hurt you too bad in other categories. Ian Happ is up next, an ADP of 255. Uh, Happ also has outfield eligibility, so take note of that. Um, he is... Uh, he is um, projected for 465 plate appearances, 59 runs, 19 home runs, 58 RBI, five, uh, eight stolen bases with a 235 batting average. You know, Hap isn't a terrible, you know, just kind of shot in the dark where he's going at ADP right now. Uh, $4 valuation, $5 ADP, so you're losing a couple dollars. It rounds up to a couple dollars. Um, but, you know, the plate appearances could be there. I think he's, you know, a starter right now um, in that uh, outfield. Um, and, you know, the thing about him is he does have that power-speed combo, although my major concern with him is the, the contact. He's got pretty much a close-to-league-worst contact rate, and that's really going to drag down the batting average. There's enough competition in that Cubs lineup that if he struggles, you know, he could see himself on the bench more often. And the underlying metrics just aren't that great, either in the power or the speed. And so, you know, I'm probably not going to be going after him. You know, he's going after at, at, at a position where I think there's still a lot of good guys on the board. So if it's, you know, Ian Happ at corner infielder or, you know, CJ Crone, I'd probably go Crone. There's also some nice pitchers like Steven Matz and Reynaldo Lopez that I like who are going in this area. And so I'm probably not going to get Happ. Um, although, you know, he's not a bad upside play given the power speed combo and the Chicago Cubs really nice lineup. You know, uh, he has gotten lucky. He did get lucky last year with a really high BABIP too, which would have seen the batting average uh, be down even further. Uh, Mike, uh, Michael, Michael Franco is up next, uh, 264 ADP, 562 plate appearances, 64 runs, 26 home runs, 80 RBI, one stolen base with 259 batting average, uh, $10 valuation at a $5 cost. 
this is really nice for Franco. I mean, I hadn't really been thinking too much about him, um, but you know, he's in a really nice spot because there's nobody else who's going to play third base um, in Philadelphia. They just got Harper. Um, so the lineup's going to be really, really good. He's not going to have a ton of pressure to perform from a, a, a hitting standpoint. Um, and, you know, he's probably going to be at the back end of those really good players. And so that could give him a decent number of RBI opportunities. He has had some interesting things going on in the past with, you know, the profile in terms of contact and elevating the ball a little bit more. So who knows, maybe now that there's a little bit less pressure on him to perform in this lineup, maybe this will give him enough space that he needs to develop and, and take that next step. Um, so not a terrible uh, uh, get right here. And also the, the uh, tied for the second highest uh, return in terms of valuation right now based on projection. Uh, Jake Lamb is up next, a guy that I loved a couple years ago, but you know since then uh, has struggled a little bit uh, just with injuries. Uh, 265 ADP, 521 plate appearances, uh, 65 runs, 20 home runs, 68 RBI, four stolen bases with a 240. Uh, is he at 242? Yeah, he's at 242 uh, batting average. That's a $5 valuation at a $5 ADP. So not getting you value, not losing you anything. You know, he's worth a shot. He's going to play some first base, so he should have dual position eligibility. Challenge with Lamb is that he's better in daily leagues because he really struggles against lefties. He's pretty much just not been good at all. And so, you know, he's going to hurt you in, we in weekly or biweekly leagues where you have you know, a couple lefties uh, who are pitching. So, you know, better in, better in daily leagues, uh, not terrible. He has performed at an all-star level before, at least in, in half seasons. And so, you know, you might as well, you could, you know, take a shot, take a stab uh, at him there. Uh, next up, we have Brian Anderson going at an ADP of 294. Uh, that is 582 plate appearances, 65 runs, 14 home runs, 58 RBI, Three stolen bases, 257 batting average, $3 valuation at a $3 ADP. Uh, you know, Anderson, the plate appearances seem a little bit low uh, for him. He's going to play every day. He's probably one of the Marlins' best hitters. I think that's the major problem with him is just that the lineup is so bad around him, and he's playing in probably the worst hitter's ballpark um, in all of baseball. So that sucks. Um, the good thing about Anderson, you know, he struggled towards the end of last year with a lot of his metrics. You know, the hard hit rate went down, uh, the contact rate went down, you know, and there wasn't, there wasn't much power to show for it. So that's the only thing that gives me a little bit of concern towards the middle of last year. He was a guy that I really loved because he was showing better plate discipline. The end zone contact rate was going up. The hard hit rate was going up. There was a little bit of a trickle of the fly ball rate going up, but that kind of collapsed towards the end of the year, which, which soured me a little bit on him, but he could definitely take you know a step forward. Uh, he is a solid baseball player, and he's going to get a ton of reps, um, you know, playing for the Marlins. A guy that I do like a lot and is showing up in a number of my teams is uh, Heimer Candelario of the Tigers. Um, Six hundred seventeen plate appearances, seventy three runs, nineteen home runs, sixty six RBI, three stolen bases with a two fifty seven batting average, or actually a two thirty. A 239 batting average. Uh, sorry, uh, 
got lost there for a second um, in the, in my Excel spreadsheet. Um, but that's a $5 valuation at a $1 cost. Um, so $4 worth of value. Candelario, I like a lot because he's going to play every single day. He's a switch hitter. He's either going to lead off or he's going to bat fifth probably for the Tigers. So either way, he's going to get a lot of runs and he's going to get a lot of RBIs. He struggled with injuries last year and still put together a decent line. His O swing towards the end of the year got better. His plate discipline, his in-zone contact rate was also improving. He was hitting the ball hard and he hits the ball decently in the air. He was a guy who was on my radar as a 40-40 guy, 40% plus fly ball, 40% plus hard hit rate, um, you know, with decent plate discipline and, and contact skills. He's a guy I think could take a big leap forward. And so looking at your util spot, your corner infield spot, he's a guy you can wait a decent amount of time on and still get. And, and I like him a lot to uh, contribute this year um, for sure. Next up is the biggest value in the draft. I don't know if I buy it, but uh, oh well. Uh, and that's Evan Longoria, 342 ADP, uh, 596 plate appearances, 65 runs, 20 home runs, 74 RBI with four stolen bases, 256 uh, batting average. That's a $7 valuation at a $1 cost. That's good for a $6 worth of value. Uh, that's the most of any of the third basemen. Um, you know, uh, Longoria is probably going to play. There's, you know, San Francisco, uh, he's got a big contract. Uh, still, you know, he's probably going to play every day. He was not actually, you know, that terrible from a skills perspective last year. Um, he was able to produce, you know, a little bit of value. Um, he was making a decent amount of contact at one point towards the end of last year, if I remember correctly. Um, and, you know, the hard hit rate was okay. Uh, you know, the Giants are a terrible lineup, so he's really just going to be an accumulator. So I don't actually mind, you know, what the uh, projection is for Longoria, and so he could produce a lot of value. So maybe look for him as a quarter infielder, as just a guy who's going to play every single day and in a deep league like a 15 team teamer or an L NL only, you know, that plays for sure. Uh, Hernan Perez um, is making his uh, debut. Um, you know, he's not, I don't know if he's really draftable in 15 team leagues just because I don't know how much playing time he's going to get now that Moustakas has signed. Uh, 362 ADP, 452 plate appearances, 49 runs, 12 home runs, 49 RBI, 14 stolen bases with a 254 batting average. You know, the power speed combo is really what you're getting uh, for him. But, you know, I just don't know if the upside is uh, there enough because I don't think he's actually that good. It's just, you know, he's one of those like in real life, not that good players. Um, you know, but in fantasy, because of the power speed, he's good. Uh, I hope that's an accurate uh, depiction, but he actually hasn't even shown up on, you know, I think he's also qualifies for second base and shortstop, but he hasn't shown up, you know, on my preview just because I don't think he's necessarily uh, good enough. Um, and at other positions that maybe are a little bit deeper than third base, you know, he doesn't even uh, uh, get there. It also could be that, uh, you know, I updated the projections recently. And so maybe he got a little bit of a bump there for some reason. So he's $2 valuation at a $1 cost, but I'd be looking for a little bit higher upside uh, for my reserve picks. And I definitely wouldn't want him in a starting lineup, at least uh, in, a, in a, any type of mixed team league. Up next is Zach Cozart going at an ADP of 414. Uh, 526 plate appearances, 65 runs, 16 home runs. 58 RBI, two stolen bases with a 249 uh, batting average. Um, that is a $3 valuation at a, a $1 cost. So it's good for uh, $2 worth of value. Um, Cozart's going to be playing third base, uh, most likely for the Angels. It's an okay lineup. It's got Mike Trout in it. You know, a lot of it depends on where he hits in the batting 
order, but he is only one year removed from that career year um, in Cincinnati. And um, so, you know, he may be worth a flyer uh, as a reserve pick towards the end of drafts. Renato Nunez, uh, starting third baseman for the Orioles. Uh, 525 plate appearances, 53 runs, 19 home runs, 60 RBI, two stolen bases, 234 batting average. Uh, that's good for a $0 worth of value, uh, valuation at a $1 cost. So he's losing you a little bit. But he's here because he's probably going to get a ton of opportunity with the Orioles. He does have some decent power in his past. He, at one point, was a pedigree prospect um, who has since fallen off. And you know how this can work. You know, guys get plate appearances uh, playing in a decent ballpark. And, you know, they get enough plate appearances. And... You know, like like him, he's at 525 plate appearances. If he plays every day and gets, you know, 600 plus uh, plate appearances, you're looking at maybe mid-20s home runs, and, you know, that could play in a 15-team league. So, you know, Nunez is in, a, is in a terrible kind of reserve stash, see how he starts out the year type guy. Yomer Sanchez, third base uh, for uh, the Chicago White Sox. He did lose dual position um, eligibility, and so, um, you know, that's just something to consider for Sanchez. Um you know, he's just going to be in at third base. 577 plate appearances, uh, 61 runs, uh, 10 home runs, 52 RBI, 12 stolen bases with a 245 batting average. Sanchez is just one of these guys, and there's a ton of them out there who will show up on your team probably at some point in the season, you know, because of an injury or something like that. And he's just kind of recycled uh, between guys who have third baseman or corner infielders or utility spots that they need to be filled for a little bit because of injury. He's just one of those guys that'll that'll just kind of churn on the waiver wire. Uh, other guys of somewhat uh, interest who are eligible at third base, uh, Yandy Diaz. Obviously, the Rays played a hefty uh, price for with the love of my life, Jake Bowers. Um, to get Diaz. Um, I'm not big on Diaz compared to a lot of people. I just think that, you know, um, a lot of his, uh, a lot of the love is the stat cast metrics, you know, the fact that he hits the ball uh, so damn hard. But if you look at actually isolating his line drive and fly ball rates, he doesn't hit the ball that hard. It's mostly because he does hit a lot of ground balls and ground balls are oftentimes hit harder. And he has such a low launch angle and nobody's been able to change it. You know, I think it's just, uh, too much of a of a risk. His ADP is very low, so you know, take a flyer on him, whatever. I just don't think he's a guy that's going to pan out necessarily. But he does have really good plate discipline, so he'll get on base. He's solid in OBP leagues, um, so he might score a decent amount of runs in a decent uh, Tampa Bay lineup. Uh, Jed Jorko, obviously, he's kind of like a Yomer Sanchez as well. You know, a guy that's just going to be kind of rotated in, but doesn't really have a spot right now. Um, you know, so. Uh, you know, with Carpenter moving over to third base, you got uh, Paul Goldschmidt at first base, so maybe second base, but, you know, not not really. Uh, Jung-Ho Gung uh, of the Pirates, you know, he uh, is, you know, he's going to be, he's potentially going to be playing. Um, you know, whether or not he gets plate appearances, it's kind of up in the air. He has all those legal troubles. Um, so just not a guy that I'm necessarily looking to roster although the return could be good i mean when if he gets played appearances if he plays you know he could be he could be really really nice um you know austin riley probably you know one of the better third base prospects um, in all of baseball the braves have josh donaldson there in the hopes that you know he plays one year and maybe riley's uh, ready after that uh, but if donaldson gets injured or something happens he would be the next guy 
um, in line. You know, I think there are major strikeout issues, major batting average issues, but the power um, is definitely there. So overall, with third base, a shallower than it's been, you know, historically. I think there's a decent number of uh, good third basemen up until the kind of like uh, 113 mark with Justin Turner. You know, so definitely want to get my third baseman kind of on the earlier side um, here. Um, if I miss out on those guys, then maybe I'm looking, you know, at a Rafael Devers or Mike Moustakis towards, you know, the middle of the 100 picks or Yuli Gurriel uh, towards the back end, but would much rather have, have him as like a corner infielder there. Uh, deeper, you know, it's just a lot of a lot of hit and miss. There's a couple values there uh, with, you know, Kyle Seeger, uh potentially Brian Anderson, Heimer Candelario, Evan Longoria, kind of uh, reserve round picks or you know back-end corner infield types who might be able to provide you with a little bit of value just by accumulating uh, stats. Out of all those guys, I think Candelario for me uh, and uh, Mikel Franco probably have uh, the most uh, interest just because I think there's a little bit of a higher ceiling uh, than you know the other guys and there isn't a major you know massive flaw. Uh, in their game like there are some. So third base, interesting position uh, this year. Um, you know, a lot of guys that I like, uh, but they, they, move, they move quickly. So uh, make sure you hop on one early. That is going to wrap us up for episode 63 of the Batflip Crazy podcast, the third base preview. Really interesting position. You know, there's a lot of really nice targets um, in the first, you know, 115 picks or so, um, you know, some, not necessarily some great values, but I think some guys who can really contribute uh, a lot to your teams based on where they're going and in team construction. Um, so try to get your third baseman before then. If you do fail to do that, there are some small little pockets uh, like Raphael Devers and uh, Mike Moustakis that, you know, are at least uh, decent. Uh, players, I think I'm not, I'm not too concerned about them. And then if you kind of totally miss out, uh, it gets pretty desperate there towards the end. But you know, you're probably hoping that you can get your corner infielder uh, position out of some of those later guys that might bring you value, like a you know Heimer Candelario or an Evan Longoria or a player like that. Um, you know, if if not on the reserve, potentially on your reserve. But I don't mind. I don't mind Candelario is as kind of a corner infielder type guy. I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, so uh, next up, uh, busy day, busy week of podcasting. Um, potentially uh, an outfield preview on Tuesday, maybe before then. Uh, starting pitcher preview uh, happening uh, at a uh, similar time. Uh, probably going to break that up into one, into two, maybe the top guys and then uh, the guys after that. And then a relief pitcher is coming on Friday and then a couple guest appearances on podcasts. So definitely be on the lookout for those. Best of luck with all of your fantasy baseball research, all of your fantasy baseball drafts. Take care and be kind to one another.